Our scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector called Levi. He was sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. He got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. The inspired word for an inspired people. Amen. If you've been around during VBS in previous years, you know that we pour everything we have into this week for our kids. And in a normal year, we would have 200 plus kids in our building for four nights during the week. But this year, imagine this, there's no limit to the number of kids that we can reach. And I don't know about you, but I think that's remarkable. So I think I need to give some shout outs today to some of the people who have made this possible for us. First of all, to our VBS directors. This is a combination of some of our staff and, and our lay people who know VBS, and I'm gonna tell you what, they have got it down to a science. And they start meeting every other week, way back in the spring, and they know exactly how many volunteers we need and exactly what the schedule and the rotation is gonna be and how, when the training's gonna happen. And they pivoted on a dime. We had most of our VBS supplies already purchased, and they said, you know what, that theme is not going to work this year. So they came up with a brand new theme, they wrote their own curriculum, and then they began to imagine, so how could we use this period of time to build into our kids' discipleship, just like we always have with VBS, but to do it differently. So I want to say thank you to the VBS directors and the wonderful job that they've done, and also to all of our families who are willing to come in and be in front of the camera, which I can tell you is not as easy as it looks, and it can be very uncomfortable, and they stepped out of their comfort zone to be able to do this for us, and because our staff has put in a ton of extra work to make this possible for us. And so, Faith, we are so blessed, so blessed, This year, our theme for Vacation Bible School is splash, right? Getting soaked in God's love. That sounds so good during an excessive heat warning, don't you think? Oh, if you you stepped outside yesterday afternoon, it was time for a dip in the pool. Take a moment now to imagine with me the places in our lives where we just so deeply need Holy Spirit refreshment. I want to call to your mind an image that will date me. But if you're over 40 like I am, you remember the Nesty Plunge. Does anybody remember the Nesty Plunge? It was this commercial for a, a tea where the person would stand fully clothed and they would fall backward into a pool with a glass of iced tea in their hand and they would look so refreshed after that. And how many of us uh, over the summer we would practice our Nesty Plunge in the pool? And I just want you to think of like VBS this year is kind of like our Nesty Plunge. We're going to fall backward into the pool and we're going to cool off and we're going to relax and we're going to be refreshed in the goodness of God together. It's going to be great. 
And I particularly am excited about the theme for VBS this year because my favorite place, even still, is around the water. I would always pick to go to the pool, to the lake, to the water slide, even just to have a pool, a little kiddie pool in the backyard. That's just always a favorite place of mine. Growing up, I would choose swimming over any other activity available. I can remember when the school I attended built an indoor swimming pool. It was right before my freshman year in high school so that we could have a swim team. And I thought, well, how about that? I can swim all year long, which was a dream come true for me. Water in any season and in any way is always a source of refreshment and delight for me. My memories of water as a kid include swimming underwater to find two toys on the bottom of the pool. Maybe some, some of you all remember those games and floating on my back looking up at the clouds. That was always a favorite time for me. And Marco, yeah, there it is, Marco Polo, right? Love that game. I think for me, swimming was always my pick because I never felt freer than when I was swimming. I don't know what that was, but it was just the gift of water in my life. So Faith, what I want you to know is I am inviting us, no matter our ages, to three days of being soaked in God's love. And if you want to join me for that, I invite you on July 20th, 21st, and 22nd to do VBS with us. Call up those memories of days at the pool, swimming in the lake, putting the slip and slide in your backyard. And for each of those days, on Monday the 20th, Tuesday the 21st, and Wednesday the 22nd, go to our website, faithtulsa.org VBS, and look for the new video. The video each day is going to have an introduction to the day's theme, music that we can sing, because what would VBS be without music? A Bible story that's told by the Virthaler family, recreation and games, and a special experience for us to enjoy together each day. One day, it's going to be a science experiment that we can do at home. On another day, it's going to be a snack that we can make together and enjoy at home. And who doesn't like snacks? And yet, another day, it's going to be a craft that we can try. Extra bonus material is going to be available so you can engage what you most love, whether it's music or science or crafts. But what I'm going to say to us this year, Faith, is let's all enjoy VBS together. And if you don't have a small child in your home, maybe you know someone in another home that has a small child. And you could invite them and say, I'm going to do VBS this year with my church. Would you have your family do VBS? And, and we can share this beautiful uh, three days of fun together. And I am ready for some fun. There hasn't been a whole lot of fun this summer. <laughs> it has not been easy so, you know what? Let's have some fun together, Faith. Do you all have pool stories? When you look back over your life and you remember growing up and summertime and going barefoot and all those things, I have a few pool stories. In fact, I remember the first time I jumped off the high dive. Ta-da! It was a big day. It was a big day. It was at the Collinsville Municipal Pool during a birthday party. And my recollection of this is that at that birthday party, it was scheduled to last all afternoon, which I was thrilled about, an afternoon of swimming. And so I started out swimming in the shallow end, and I had just learned how to dive. 
So I thought it was really hot stuff, so I kind of went on down to the next little deeper part of the pool where it was safe to, to dive off the side, and I was practicing my dives, and then I jumped off the, the low diving board several times, thought that was a lot of fun, and then I tried to dive off the low dive. Bad idea. Not good. Uh, in fact, it would take me a long time <laughs> before I figured out how to do that. Uh, but then some of my braver friends were encouraging me, come on, Charlotte, come on. Well, I'd never been to a pool with a high dive before, and, and they said, come on, come on, go off the high dive. And this is what they said to me. It's no different than jumping off the low dive. It's just higher, right? I said, oh, okay. So I made that long climb, you know, the, the climb the step by step by step by step, and then you get to the top of the high dive, and there are those metal rails on either side, and I looked over the side of that metal rail, and I thought, uh, that's different. That's not like the low dive. Yeah, that's different. Getting to the end of that diving board felt like the longest walk of my life. And then you have to look over the edge of the diving board and seeing that stretch of air between me and the water, it felt like forever. You know that look on my face right? Because you've seen that look on other people's face. Even if you didn't see it on me on that particular day, you know that look, right? It's the look that says, this is supposed to be fun, but it's anything but fun. That is not what I'm having right now. I'm not having fun right now. And if we take a longer look at this experience, maybe if we back up and we think about the high dive, what we can see is that fun is rarely what makes a kid climb the ladder the first time. No, that first climb is about wanting to be able to say you've done it. It's about wanting to be affirmed and included in the brave club. Maybe there's a little bit of thrill seeker in us that we're hoping it will appease. Having fun is what makes a kid climb the ladder the second time, but not the first and if you wonder what acceptance and belonging are worth to the human soul, look no further than that first climb up the ladder of the high dive. That's what we will do to belong, to be accepted. Listen with me for the words of the text this morning as Luke tells this story after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed him. Levi was willing to make the long climb up the ladder because he wanted to belong. He wanted to be in the brave club. So I've been thinking about as we, as we read the text what I want to encourage us to do is, is to imagine what is the, the context, that that surrounds the text, that helps it have meaning for us. How do we imagine that for Levi? And if we're going to extend our metaphor a little bit more about the high dive, the best way for us to imagine the context of this scripture is that everyone else in Levi's life, except for Jesus, wanted him to climb that ladder hoping that he would belly flop. Everyone else in his life wanted him to be embarrassed in front of everyone. They wanted him to be humiliated because you see, Levi was a tax collector. And the fact that the scripture includes that is incredibly important. 
So it's important for us to know that in order for a tax collector to make his living, he had to extort money from his fellow countrymen to fund the Roman government occupying their land. Talk about being between a rock and a hard place and being squeezed all the time. And so when we imagine the context of this passage, what we have to know is that Jesus' invitation to Levi was the first legitimate ask he had had in a very long time. Jesus didn't want a favor from Levi. He wasn't trying to take advantage of Levi. And most importantly, Jesus actually believed that Levi could do it, that he could make the leap. What Jesus was offering to Levi was true belonging, a real reason for taking that jump, a reason that was worth leaving it all behind to follow the rabbi. Jesus gave acceptance and belonging to those who needed it most, and Levi was thirsty for it. The scripture indicates that he didn't even hesitate. Jesus says, follow me, and Levi does. He climbs right up that ladder. He marches to the end of that diving board. He takes a big, deep breath, closes his eyes, and he jumps. It took about that long. That's amazing. If you've ever watched kids jump off the high dive, that's a quick, quick roll for Levi. He couldn't wait then. If you know, when you you jump off the high dive, you get all disoriented down in the water because you go down pretty far, and you're trying to remember, how do I get back up to the top? Not Levi. He couldn't wait to get back to the top of the water and break the surface and say, I did it! I did it! I did it! And then you know what he does? He invites his friends to celebrate with him. might be important to ask at this point of the text, so who would be friends with Levi? Who's going to be his cheering section at the pool? Well, the text says that then Levi gave a great banquet for Jesus in his house. And there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. And I want, for just a moment, I want us to think about how our pandemic reality has changed the table There really aren't very many people that most of us would feel safe enough with inviting to our table to take our masks off, to share from the same dish, to be in close enough proximity that we can be in conversation with each other. Well, that was the reality too in Jesus' day and time. And so for Levi to invite Jesus to his home with other tax collectors where they would sit at table together is a big deal. The text wastes no time in answering the question, so who would be friends with Levi? People who were as desperate for acceptance and belonging as he was. And what I've noticed is when the desperate get a seat at the table, somebody always gets mad. That's just always the way it goes. The text tells it like this. It says the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, to Jesus' disciples, pulling them off to the side saying, hey, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you let those people at your table? They might be infected, you know. So this is the question I want to encourage us to ask because particularly during the pandemic, it's been important for me to approach Scripture from the perspective of a practice known as Lectio Divina. It means divine reading, and it's an asking of the text 
tell me the story I most need to hear right now, Scripture. God, speak to me through these words in light of what I'm experiencing. And then draw my attention to the part of the text that I I most need to hear. And help me hear it in a way that's going to transform me. And so if we give our attention to the text with that in mind this morning, I want to tell you some of the things that I notice. And maybe you'll notice something different. But this is what I notice. I notice that those who insist on earning their way into belonging, the folks who would say, I deserve my membership in the club because I paid my dues, they are often the least aware of how much they need to belong. I also notice that those are the very folks that always want to be in charge of dispensing the invitation to others so they can decide the terms. It's no surprise, Jesus' invitation isn't worth anything to them, typically. In our metaphor, the Pharisees would have been the one calling to Levi from the fence saying, as soon as he breaks the surface of the water and he's so excited, hey, doesn't really count till you jump off the high dive at the country club, not the city pool. Oh, you don't have a membership? Well, why don't you come talk to us when you do? That's kind of the the feeling that you get from the Pharisees. And so notice with me how Jesus responds. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And this is what I noticed this time through the text, asking God to direct my attention toward what I most need to hear in light of my experience, in light of the experience of the community and and the culture around me right now, what I noticed about the text is that the response Jesus gives, those who are well have no need of a physician. I've come not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. It's not for Levi. I always thought that response was for Levi, the sinner, right? And what I noticed this time is, It wasn't for Levi. He already knew what he'd been given. He took the chance already. Jesus' response is for the ones who would stand in Levi's way. The invitation was there for them too, but on that day, it was Levi who was willing to receive it. And Jesus was going to stand in the gap for him to make sure nobody was going to call out from the fence and take his joy away. Nobody was going to do it. Not that day. No. Jesus said, Levi, I want to make sure that you fully enjoy and embrace the possibility and the freedom that you have found this day. No one's going to take that away from you, Levi. And I thought, gosh, Jesus is going to do that for us too. This is the story that we're going to hear told on the first day of our VBS material on July the 20th. Next Sunday, you're going to hear the story in the sermon from day two, and then uh, the following Sunday, the Sunday after VBS, on July the 26th, you'll hear the story from, from day three. And we're going to be together looking for what God would say to us through these biblical stories as we enjoy the gift of VBS together. 
We also are going to be serving together. We're going to support Restore Hope as our mission project. Every year at Vacation Bible School, we have a mission project. And this year, we're going to be supporting VBS. And so if you want to be a part of that, you can go ahead and do that in any way that you already give to the church. Just designate it with three letters, VBS. Pretty simple. If you give online, make sure you designate it VBS. If you write a check, put that in the memo line. Um, As I understand it, there are rewards for the different levels of funds that we raise to support Restore Hope, which I think involve me at some level, and I guess I'll find out more information about that later. However, what I would want for us to know right now is that the ministry that Restore Hope is providing is a stand-in-the-gap kind of ministry right now. There's so many people who are in danger of eviction. There's so many people who are experiencing food shortage And what Restore Hope is doing is literally standing in the gap for those folk and providing acceptance for them in the same way that Jesus provided it for Levi. So regardless of whether you want to see me get done to me, whatever is done by the money that we raise, or to anyone else for that matter, let's support Restore Hope. It'll be a great way for us to participate in Christ-centered service together. So here's my challenge for you, Faith. The next time you're at the pool... Maybe you're going to be at the pool over these next few hot days or on a Zoom meeting or on an errand or wherever you are. I want you to ask yourself this question. Who is the Levi in front of me right now? Who is that person that's most in need of belonging and acceptance? Who is that person who would run right up that ladder and jump right off the end of that high dive just to get it? Because they're so thirsty for it. And then ask this question. Has God's love splashed all over you at any point in your life and been for you that source of refreshment and joy and just brought to you that sense of, oh, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to die. Sometimes that's how I experience it. Don't need you to experience it that way, but sometimes it's just like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. If God has given that to you, then you might ask yourself, Who most needs that in your life right now? Who needs that sense of acceptance and belonging and assurance that, you know what, you're going to be okay? You are. You are. So I want to share with you our pool verse today, Faith. This is the verse that we're going to memorize over the weeks of VBS, Colossians 3.14. Love is more important than anything else. It's what ties everything completely together. And because we're going to memorize that, I want to conclude today, this sermon, by having us say that together. You'll see it on your screens. I want to invite you to join me. Love is more important than anything else. It's what ties everything completely together. Amen.